Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a very special guest star. She was here for the Muppet movie. She was here for the great Muppet caper. And she's back again for this one. Special guest, who are you? I'm Jennifer Garland. What a thrill! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Do my best Kermit impression. <laughs> and uh, for, for listeners who might not know, Jennifer Garland has edited two books about Jim Henson and the Muppets. And I got her write an essay in one of them. And I and I would recommend both of them, including the one I'm not in, Kermit Culture and yes. <laughs> uh, The Wider Worlds of Jim Henson. Both great. So today we are looking at minutes 19 and 20 of The Muppets Take Manhattan. In these minutes, Kermit talks to Jenny about her future plans, and the rest of the Muppets talk to each other about their future plans. So as we open, Pete walks away, but he doesn't say anything, um, th- which is all we see of Pete here. So we've, we've discussed him already, but Jen, is there anything you want to say about Pete up front? Just that I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to the, his character in previous movies, just aside from his pig, his frog, his peoples, his peoples. Um you know, that's what he does. And so I was surprised to learn that he was Olympia Dukakis's husband. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that who that is? That's funny. Yeah. I, you know, I like we talked about Louis Zorich in the past and that has not come up. So extra, extra tidbit. But uh, so Pete walks away. And then the next thing we see is a man waiting to pay at the c- cash register. And he pops up some candy into his mouth from a dish. I have never thought about this guy for a second no. in all the times I've seen this movie. Same. And now I'm obsessed with him. Well, because the other thing, and maybe you were about to say this, is um, we see Jenny going behind the cash register to ring this guy up. And he I don't know if he's like, maybe he just knows her and is friends with her, but he seems to be grinning at her in a way that I wasn't sure if he was just kind of leering at her. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like he's checking her out or he's but then like he, he just kind of smiles and nods. So like maybe he's just being friendly. I don't yeah, know. I wasn't sure. Or maybe he's just yeah, maybe he's trying to go for friendly. But this actor just looks inherently <laughs> a little creepy. Yeah. And, they, like, and he's wearing a pork pie hat. Yeah. Which is not not a like not not a great look. I don't know. <laughs> no, he kind of looks like he's from the I don't know, the 1950s, maybe. I'm, I'm, I mean, to be fair, so does Pete's like true, true, you know. Like Pete's is an old-fashioned diner. And speaking of which, the next thing that we see is, I mean, while while they're standing at the register, I took note of all the signs that we can read. So here are all Greek salad. Yeah, yeah. Here here is all the signage that we can read. Try our fabulous Greek salad, which makes sense because it's a Greek restaurant. Mm -hmm. Please count your change, which seems like a very friendly tip. Well, yeah, but that's the other thing about this guy. I I guess he's an okay guy because he hands Jenny a stack of bills and then she opens the register to get his change and he just kind of waves, like, you know, waves her off, like, eh, don't worry about my change. And he walks away. So I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's a a big poster that says first aid for the choking victim. Which which I think you're legally required to have on the wall in a restaurant. Right, right. Um, And there is a big sign that says homemade. Home baking, cakes and pies, <laughs> which I don't think we hear about in this movie otherwise, right? Like, because nobody talks about ser- serving dessert. No, I don't think anyone ever orders or serves a, a cake or a pie. They, we see a cheeseburger and a lot of breakfast items. Right, that's true, yeah. So, and um, and, and Yankee <laughs> bean soup, right. 
I will say um, most diners like this in New York City, you probably don't want to order the cake or the pie. Well, right. And like, do we think Pete makes it himself or, or Rizzo makes it? Uh, like, yeah, I mean, you don't want to order anything at Pete's. I've seen the kitchen staff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last one is a sign that says no checks accepted. Yep, so yep. I, I, I would guess that means they're cash only. Cash right? only like at I, Pete's, yeah. I don't think they're taking credit cards in 1984 at Pete's. 1984, yeah. I, I don't see a credit card only. machine anywhere, so no. Yeah. So I mean, next I time... assume that Pete's is kind of the place that only locals who are regulars dare to enter. So I'm, kind of, I'm always surprised when the frogs go in later. They're like, let's try a new place for lunch. This death trap looks... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's sort of novel to them to eat in a like greasy neighborhood place but they're frogs they eat flies maybe they have a higher tolerance for that kind of thing but like (laughs) if i saw pete's i would just keep walking yeah (laughs) that's true um so so jenny tells kermit to wait for his soup um assuring kermit that his that her dad will bring out some soup bowls no what she says is i bet he's right back there i bet he's back there right now getting soup bowls for everybody and kermit says really with soup in them yeah which is pretty funny i like that it's kind of the same joke as the yankee bean soup with spoon but it's still funny right but um i think this is also why pete doesn't pay rizzo like why rizzo has to live on tips because Pete's giving away free soup all the time. He's not making any money. Right, but he 14, doesn't... 14 bowls of soup. <laughs> but he's doing it for such a, a nice reason, because he, he sympathizes with these these poor kids from out of town. Right, but that's what I'm saying, is how often do poor kids from out of town come in, say, right. please, sir, I want some soup, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's a good, really good thing that guy didn't ask for his change, because they need all the, the money they can get at Pete's. That's true, yeah, there you go. Um, and so then Jenny comes in and I mean, Jenny's already there, but she says, I got to get back to work. I had a test today. So I came in a little late and Kermit is all about this. Like Kermit is all in on this conversation. He's like, I heard you pass the test. Mm. He can't, he can't wait to hear more about this. Right. And here's why, because my man Kermit misses college because (laughs) now he's a failure. Oh, so, like, Jenny's talking about tests, and Kermit's like, oh, I was a success at college. Tell me more about this test. Yeah, he does immediately say, oh, we just graduated. Like, I've been through college. Right, right. Like, Mr. College Boy is like, you want to know something unusual? I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. What's, what's up with you? What's, what's up, freshman? Right? Look, look, I remember being 18, 19, and meeting 22-year-old dudes, and they were all really eager to talk to me about college. And That's probably true. <laughs> I don't doubt that. And I guess also like, and, 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 and Jenny is impressed, right? She's like, really? Ooh, you know, a yeah. frog went to college. Well, You're she's right. trying it's, specifically, yeah. she's trying to get into a design college, which will be important later. Right. Um, although I do like that. She says a fashion design college, which like putting the emphasis on design rather than fashion, which I feel like is a very unusual way to like, I think hmm. most, most of the time we would say fashion design, right? But I think Jenny so, yeah. says fashion design. Which, yeah, uh, well, I like that she's taking an app. It's a test to apply to the fashion design college. She's, you know, yeah, it's an essay test. It's not like the SAT or the ACT or, you know, it's, right. This, this must be some very like prestigious college, right? Well, do we think yeah. it's uh, FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology? I don't know what the process is like to get into that school, but I'm sure they, that they, they never say. No, they don't. They don't specify. And we never Ooh, find so. out if she got in or not. 
Yeah, that's true. That oh, is kind of wow. a, that is kind of a loose thread. Yeah, huh. <laughs> that's a funny come way back to... to it. You know, did you hear about your test? No, we didn't. right. <laughs> yeah. She 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 should be backstage, being like, "I'm going to yeah. fashion design school. Fashion design. You know, we don't know." Yeah. Um, but I do like that after they, it, it, the end of this conversation, she says, I'm Jenny and Kermit says, I'm Kermit. And then deadpans, I'm a frog. I'm a frog. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I also like the way he just, um, when they, when he realizes that, that they're going to be talking for a minute, he kind of looks down where we don't actually see the stool, but we sort of infer that there's a stool there. And then he just hops on and kind of leans on the counter while he's talking to her. It's just one of these very subtle puppetry <laughs> moments that, you know, by Jim Henson, that is, it's just so sells the, the realism of the character. Wait, I mean, yeah, makes Kermit there's, really seem alive. There's not a stool there, but we completely <laughs> believe that he's looking down at the stool and then hopping on right. the stool. There's, there's also not legs. True. Right. Until the next like, shot. Right. Yeah. There's, he grows legs when they're in the shot. Right? Which is the, the much less convincing radio controlled Kermit with the smushy face. I like that smushy face boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, actually, before we before we cut back to the rest of the Muppets, any other thoughts about Kermit and Jenny's conversation uh, before we move on? That's all I got. You no, know, I mean it, it's it's an interesting conversation. And of course, we're we're meant to kind of see that they have a connection of some kind, and of course, it's just all a lead up to Piggy's overwhelming jealousy. So it seems so innocent until the camera pans over to Piggy. <laughs> Right. Well, and I, I actually, I love the way that we cut to Piggy, like longingly watching their conversation from afar, because it does a lot to humanize Piggy. I feel like, I, right. She's not like, she's not like barging in and telling Jenny to stay away from her man or something, I think which I think is, is what she would have. Yeah. has the most vulnerable Piggy of all the Piggies. You know, I, yeah. I mean, you know, mm. in, in all the movies, she's a lot more innocent. She is a lot more vulnerable. She is sweeter. Um, in this movie, then I, I think we really ever see her in anything else. And certainly the more modern interpretations of Piggy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's feels right. like something that would have been a conscious effort by Frank Oz. She seems so much less like a drag queen in Muppets take Manhattan and hmm. more like just a young woman who, you know, really loves her guy, but is kind of hopeful and lost and worried and all these kinds of very human believable things right well and actually skipping ahead a little bit um when that all the muppets are talking about how maybe they should leave or whatever right. i mean like we'll, we'll get back to that but piggy says i can't leave kermit we're still pinned yeah yeah which like old it's such a college thing right it's like something out of an episode of happy days Exactly. Right. You, you know, whereas because like they're engaged, right? Like they've talked about like getting married or they're, we... they don't even know what a lavalier is. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> what? they're on they're on Pinterest. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Piggy has mentioned earlier in the movie that they're going to get married and Kermit, you know, yeah. kind of just nodded his head in agreement. Like, yeah, this is something they've talked about. Right. But like pinned basically means going steady. Right. right? It, like yeah. it's pinned not... does not sound nearly as serious as we're going to get married soon. Yeah. Right. But that's another thing that makes Piggy seem very, like you said, innocent and vulnerable. Here, mm. Right. Yeah. Like Kermit's Kermit's my man. We're pinned. You know, yeah. Kermit pledged his heart to me. She's just a fresh faced pig from the country, from the farm. Yeah. From the farm outside Danhurst College. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. So after Piggy gazes longingly at Kermit, uh, the other Muppets are all chattering as they do so often in this movie. 
And Scooter says, listen, listen, all I'm saying is maybe it's time we went out on our own. And then Fozzie says the most perfect Fozzie line imaginable, which is, you mean out on our own alone without even each other even? <laughs> oh, Fozzie. Fozzie's my buddy. What a great guy. Um, and then like various Electric Mayhem members all agree that they depend on Kermit too much and should leave. Yeah, it's the, interesting. The next three lines are Floyd, Janice, and Dr. T. Yeah. Which, like, they really could be anybody, but for whatever reason, it's the electric mayhem being like, our former manager Scooter is right. We should, well, which we is interesting in itself because Scooter was the first person uh, when they were backstage at the college. He was the first one of them to take seriously the idea that they should go to Broadway in the first place. And now he's the mm. first person to say, ah, maybe we should leave. So you think he feels guilty about it? Um, you know, maybe. I, or maybe he's just uh, very suggestible. Maybe he just changes his mind a lot. Yeah, he is just a kid. Although I guess they're all the same age, whatever. I don't know. They yes, all graduated all college 18. together. I mean, uh, 22. Teeth, they're, all they're all 22. 22. 22. Yes, Dr. Yeah. Teeth is 22. <laughs> yes, Ralph is 22. Yeah, that's right. That's all so funny. I never thought about it. I've never <laughs> thought about it. That fresh-faced kid, Dr. Teeth. Camilla is 22. <laughs> um, Camilla might very well be 22. I buy that. She's, she's, she's an ingenue. Like, I, she's I buy immortal. that. Yes. <laughs> Camilla has always been with us. Since she the always beginning will of time. be. Um, but yeah, so uh, they're all talking about it. And then Kermit comes back and apologizes for blowing up outside. But then everyone starts jumping the gun. Because Kermit says, Pete's cooking up some soup for us. When he does not know that to be true. Like... All he knows is that Jenny said she thinks he is, right? Well, she he, was very confident. I guess, but it's like, if I know my dad, he's <laughs> scooping up 14 free bowls of soup. You know? The way she says it, it, it does seem like, like we were saying, it does seem like she has seen he, him he do does this it all before. the time. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, but then Scooter also goes ahead and blurts out, we've had some job offers, even though, like, they were all still discussing it, right? Like... I don't feel like they were decided until Scooter decides it for him. Yeah, he kind of, yeah, jumped the gun, as he said. Yeah, because then he says, right? And then everyone starts chattering again. Because when the Muppets are all together in this movie, they chatter away constantly. They're, they're like an improv troupe. They're all, they're all just uh, going along with what Scooter's saying. <laughs> That's right. They all yes you know, and imagining, Scooter. I'm imagining a Muppet movie directed by Robert Baldwin. <laughs> oh, man, I'd watch it. Huh. <laughs> and all the Muppets chattering and all the background noise. Yeah, yeah, sure. Muppet Gosford Park. I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so then uh, Kermit says that's great. And Scooter has, again, speaking of just perfect lines, the way Richard Hunt says, well, these job offers, they're uh, they're kind of out of town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is such a great like scooter, like nervous scooter enthusiasm thing, you know? Uh, yes. Great. And then also Rolf says they're they're out of town. Yeah, that's where they are. <laughs> yeah, they all have their little, their little wild lines of dialogue trying to convince themselves as much as Kermit, I think. Yeah, right. And then Gonzo, of course, almost ruins it by saying, which job did I get? And then someone says Gonzo, like admonishing him, but I can't tell who it is. Oh, Either I didn't even No, I didn't even think to try to pick it out. I, I, I don't know. What job did I get? It sounds like Robin to me, a character who isn't there. So could it be Floyd? I guess a Jerry like Nelson did, character. Yeah, it sounds like Jerry Nelson, but like, but like that, like 
Gobo Robin Emmett Otter voice of his. It's, very <laughs> it's Emmett strange. Otter. It's yeah, Emmett Otter at a, at a nearby table. <laughs> yeah, Emmett and Ma went to the city with their with their earnings the winnings, from the, yeah, from, the... From, from the restaurant. And they're just trying out other restaurants to see if maybe Pete will hire them to sit right. for mashed potatoes. Yes, I, I'm, I can't remember the name of the restaurant from Emmett Otter now. I'm drawing a blank. The Riverside um, Rest, is that it? Bullfrog's River, Riverside Rest, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Oh man, is the pay regular if we play regular? Okay. So I don't, maybe you were about to get into this, but I have never bought the necessity of all of the Muppets leaving town to get their jobs. I I guess well, Piggy they doesn't. well right, <laughs> or she does very briefly and comes back. But um, why can't they all stay in New York? They don't even have to live together. Why can't they all stay there and just let Kermit do his thing and maybe only check in with each other occasionally, but still all get jobs in the city where there are many, many jobs available. They could be waiters at Howard Johnson's. The Electric Mayhem could get a gig at one of the hundreds, like literally hundreds of live music venues in the city. Why do they all have to leave? I don't think that holds water because it's more Ryan, depressing to have the vehicle departure montage it definitely yes. is <laughs> but i don't think it's earned like because you know it, then they would all just either walk away or get on the subway but instead you have all of these you know different conveyances carrying them away which are themselves call outs to you know different tropes of hard times and stuff like that so yeah that's true but also um they are out of money for lockers. We all know right. that. So if they all got jobs in Manhattan, that like if they all started looking for jobs the next day, they wouldn't have to go anywhere else and they could all earn money to pay for the lockers. You think that an Aquacade in New York City is going to hire Gonzo to do his his jump? I don't, sir. Do you <laughs> I think, think that Scooter, you think that Scooter can live comfortably in New York City on an usher's wage as well as he can in Cleveland, Ryan? I don't know. I sure don't. There are many movie theaters in New York. Gonzo could get a job at the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum or something. Fonzie ends up in a cave with a bunch of other bears. I don't think he could that in, you know, Central Park. So That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think yeah, that know. Ralph is going to meet James Coco in New York City? I think Ralph could play the piano at a bar somewhere. You should write. You should go back in time and write Frank Oz an angry letter. No, I know. I I understand that that all of it serves this purpose of making it sad, and then it's that much happier when they all come back together near the end. But I don't know. I I guess I do sort of wish that they that the movie convinced me a little bit more of the need for them to separate like this. Well, it, yeah. it's also a trope. Uh, the idea that you go to the big city and you wash out and then you have to go home. Right. Yeah. So you know, think about all the movies that you've seen. I mean, like every Hallmark channel movie ever made is about going back to your hometown after failing out and whatever your big city dreams were. Right. And, right. And, and, you know, then you have to take a job at the card shop or meet the whole hunky guy at the Christmas tree farm. Um, but so they don't say that they're going home per se, but but the idea is that they're to stay in New York means you still think you're going to make it in New York and to leave is this sort of acknowledgement of failure. And so they're going back to rural America 
uh, where I'm supposed to have connections or people who'll give them a job or, you know, my uncle or, you know, yeah. something like that. I guess. And, so. and you know, it, it's a thing that shows up. In, I, I was thinking about that. Um, there have been a lot of Netflix comedy, rom- romantic comedies in the past couple of years where, you know, people go to the big city and, and that things don't go as planned. And the thing you really don't want to do is have to go back home. Uh, and so it's, it's your worst fear realized as a young person who went someplace like New York is that you have to leave because it's not working out. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it might not, it doesn't ring true for Ryan, but I think. No, I understand the dramatic reasoning, but I don't think. But, but I, but, but I also think the, I mean, the real life reason is that like Jerry and Richard and Dave and Steve, were all going to go make Fraggle Rock. Right. Like, oh, that's probably true. Yes. So. Like I think that's why there's so many scenes in this where the only two puppeteers are are Jim and Frank. Yeah, because everyone else uh, was off making Fraggle Rock. I'll accept that the answer is they had to go make Fraggle Rock. Well, they were trying to <laughs> save the world every day. So. Right, exactly. Um, but, if Scooter you know, I mean, had I... said, "Sorry, Kermit, we have to go to Toronto to work on this new children's show called Fraggle Rock," <laughs> yeah, I loved. Been, I love. I would have accepted that. I loved Scooter as Junior Gorg. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh no, I do I also I mean I do agree with you that like one of the reasons that I like this movie a little bit less than the first two is that there aren't as many like muppets filling up the screen at all times. Mm-hmm. And and but I do think that is also part of what makes it feel different, right? Is that it's it's like Kermit and Piggy and a bunch of rats. Yeah, no, and like, I and I have said city, this so many know? times. I don't think every muppet production should be the same. So that's fine. But and that's yeah. funny because I like this one better than Caper. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, actually, you know, uh, we're 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 down at the end of these minutes, so we can roll right into that if you want, Jen. Like we always like to ask our guests, what is the, your history with this movie? Where would you rank it among the Muppet movies? So, go ahead. Well, like I just said, I I, I like this one better than Caper. Uh, just to think about the the, the original three movies. Uh, you know, Muppet movie, this one, and then Caper for me, uh, just because I like the heart of this one. And I I do identify with the idea of, you know, having these big dreams and uh, things don't work out. And uh, I like the, I like the vulnerable Piggy a lot. Like I wish we saw Piggy as this more nuanced character more often, as opposed to just falling back on her narcissism. And so there are a lot of things I think it has going for it. And I think it's sweet. And, and I think it has a lot of callbacks to the let's put on a show movies of Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney from the 1930s. And I think that's uh, one of the things I like about it. Cause I, I do love a, a good classic movie shout out. So. Can't of course. Hmm. All right. Um, so that brings us just about down to the end of the episode before we go. Um, is there anything either of you want to say about these minutes? Because I forgot to ask. Um, oh, I did have one small, mildly interesting thing from the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay. Uh, what we see in this movie, the finished movie, is when the Muppets decide to leave, Piggy is very hesitant. I think they, they ask her, like everyone asks her what she thinks, and she just like starts crying. But um, in that draft, she agrees with them all right away. She says... I don't want to admit it, but I think you're right. If we really love Kermit and believe in the show, we should leave him so he can sell the show. Which doesn't really feel like 
like, I mean, it doesn't feel like the piggy that we've just been talking about. So I think it's good that right. they changed that. Yeah, I, I think the conflict is a lot more. Yeah, piggy moving. should be broken up about it. Yeah, right. It well, and it's weird because it, it doesn't feel like the piggy of this movie, yeah. but it also doesn't feel like piggy of other. Like that's we just talked about the Fantastic Miss Piggy show not too long ago. Yeah, y- you know, like 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 that piggy wouldn't say like, oh, if Kermit thinks we should do it, right? We better do it. You know, she'd just be like, "This is a crummy idea. Who cares?" <laughs> yes, y- you know, unless she could immediately so see that it would benefit her. Yeah, right. So I wonder if they like went a little too far in the like sweet direction mm-hmm. and then decided that they needed to find a, a meet like a middle ground kind of, which is where they ended up. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And it's just that one line, but they fixed it. So, right. So didn't happen. Right. All right. Well then that does bring us just about down to the end. We uh, will be back next time with another episode. Jennifer will be joining us again next time. Uh, listeners check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Anywhere else you can find us, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Jennifer, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Jennifer Garland. I'm very easy to find. And you can find my classic movie blog at Virtual Virago. Uh, I also write a monthly column for Classic Movie Hub called Silver Screen Standards. Wonderful. I didn't know about that column. I, re- yeah. I, I, I should go read the backlog of those because I read your blog, but I didn't know about that column. So maybe I'll go bookmark it. No, no, I'll definitely go bookmark it. (laughs) All right. And uh, listeners, if you're so inclined, please give us a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell all your friends to listen to Moving Right Along. We will be back next week with another episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.